Amen to that. You believe that, family? <laughs> Me too. That's good stuff. Ouch. Your faith and hope and future, strength, all in the Lord. Take a minute and tell him that this morning. Let's do that as a family. Certainly all of our hope and faith is in you and all of our trust. You have never let us down. You've never failed. You're just a great God. We come as a family this morning to speak those words out loud from our lips and as deep in our heart as we can go. Thank you that the Holy Spirit's already in this building, changing and working and transforming us into the likeness of Christ. We need you, Holy Spirit, today like we never have before. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Commitment Sunday. I'm telling you, this is a good Sunday for us to be reminded that if you're in a building today and you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit of the living God lives inside of you. Man, that's good stuff. You know what I mean? That is good stuff right there. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now the Greek word there for the word dwell means permanent residence in the house. In other words, God is in the house, okay? Not just in this house, He's in this house. And when we remember that, when it's revealed to us from Him, it changes everything. It changes how we live, it changes how we speak, it changes how we witness, it changes how we do church. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Behold, everybody's in Christ. Everything becomes new. All the old is gone. In other words, once you and I really get this revelation, once it goes from our minds to our hearts, it changes everything. And I'm telling you, I've been praying all week, and I prayed this morning, that as we bring the commitment cards up here today, we'll have that revelation. Because we're doing big things here. Big things here. And we're going to need revelation. There's a big difference between information and revelation. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's a story in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 that really illustrates that. It's the time that Jesus took Peter fishing. You remember that story? So Jesus had used Peter's boat to speak to a bunch of people. And then when he was over, uh, he said, Okay, now Peter, I want you to uh, take us out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now Peter had some information, and his information was this. Fished all night long, hadn't caught any fish. That's when you fish during that time of year. His information was you don't fish this late in the day. It's too hot, the sun's too high, and you don't cast your nets in deep water. That's just not how you do it. That's his information. Jesus, on the other hand, had some revelation. And you remember what happened? Yeah. They caught so many fish, man. The nets started to rip. They had to call boats in. Boats were coming in. They were filling up all these boats with fish. It was unbelievable unbelievable catch of fish. See the difference between the revelation and the information. Now Peter, bless his heart, even though he just had his information, he had enough faith to act on it. We have to give him that. Because when Jesus said, cast your nets, even though Peter knew that probably wasn't going to work, he had enough in faith in Christ to do it anyway. But can you imagine the difference that would have been if Peter had had revelation instead of information? If he'd had revelation when Jesus said, cast your nets on it, he'd already brought two or three extra nets with him. He would have already had the boats lined up out there to help him. He would have had people on the shore ready to buy the fish when he got them in because he'd had revelation and he would have known what was coming. That's what I'm praying for us today. 
that we'll have the revelation of the Holy Spirit so we can know what's coming, so we can go ahead and get the extra nets out, call the boats in, and get ready for the big catch, because it's coming, I'm telling you, it's coming. And we need that revelation, because if we just act on our own information, <laughs> the information we have is pretty tough. This church is going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of energy, resources that most of us don't have. It's going to take all hands on deck. But you and I are not going to act on our information this morning. We're going to act on revelation, which changes everything. I love what Charles Stanley says about this. He says, just like salvation, the Spirit-filled life is available to anyone. But the way is narrow, and there's no shortcuts. He talks about several things in life he mentions here that, that we would all like to have, but a lot of times we don't have uh, because the price is too high to pay. And so we settle on cheap substitutes, things like a good marriage, a good friendship, a healthy spiritual life, he says, a good grade point average in school, a higher batting average because of practice, and on and on. He writes, in an attempt to have the best of both worlds, in other words, control, and at the same time the benefits of a surrendered life to the Holy Spirit, we try to produce those things on our own effort instead of relying on the Spirit of God. And the result of that is, he says, we live a life of limitation and a life of imitation. And then after years of struggle, he says, many Christians draw the conclusion that there's nothing to the Christian life anyway, and they just tried it and it didn't work. We don't want that to happen today as a family. As a family today, we're praying for the Holy Spirit to multiply these gifts as we bring them up here, and we're going to be revealed. We're asking him to reveal us today. This is all about him. It's all for him, and it's not going to happen unless he does it. That's the way it is this morning. We, had a, we took a bell choir to Argentina. Remember that, Black Edders? 21 years ago. $1,700 worth of plane fare just to get down there and back per person. Now, that's a lot of money today, but 21 years ago, that's a lot of bucks. And that was just airfare. So uh, we decided to take the bell choir and go to different churches, and we would perform and then take up a love offering and help kind of pay for this mission trip. So we took a trip up to Hoosier Harvest up on 252 in Martinsville. Chris Page, I love that guy. And uh, Anyways, the smallest crowd that we performed in front of. Just a handful of people, Sunday night. And then we took up an offering. And then when we were done, Chris said, now before you go, I want you to come up here. So the bell choir all came up front, and we put the money in the middle, and they lay hands on us at the church. And they prayed that the Holy Spirit would multiply the gifts. Now, will, will the Holy Spirit, can he change a 10 to a 100? Can he hang the star in the sky? I mean, will he change a 10 to 100? I don't know, but he did that night. It was the largest gift we took up. It was absolutely amazing what happened in that place. And we're going to have an extended time of prayer over these commitment cards today. And we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit will reveal that kind of opportunity to us today. Because getting enough money to build this church and living the life full of the Holy Spirit that he wants us to, making disciples who make disciples, is not going to happen on our own strength. We're going to have to have the Holy Spirit to get this done. Now, I know that sounds very elementary in church on Sunday morning, and you're all nodding your heads because we're in church, and that's what you do when the preacher says something in church. But I'm just warning you, if we're not careful, we forget this, and we try to do things on our own, and we cannot do this on our own church. There's no way. Do you, do you know what you get when you cross a briefcase with a peanut? You get a nutcase. <laughs> And I'm telling you, any church that tries to do what we're getting ready to do on their own power and their own strength are full of nutcases. And we're not going to do that here at South Union Christian Church. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, John 14. 
I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. If I go away, you ought to be happy because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the deal. If the Christian life and, and things like building that new church out there what could be done by just us doing our best, then the Holy Spirit wouldn't have to come. We can just do our best. You can't improve on your best. But Jesus sending the Holy Spirit is His way of tipping us off to one of the greatest truths in Christianity. And that truth is this. You and I cannot do it. The life that we're expected to live in Jesus Christ is unattainable. It's impossible. And trust me when I tell you, at 61 years old, you're not going to grow into it. You can't pray yourself into it. It doesn't get easier as you get older. It's impossible to live this life on our own. There's no way on this planet that we can build that church over there on our own. It's impossible. So we can't live the life and we can't build a church, and God knows that, and that's good news. You say, that sounds depressing. That doesn't sound... No, 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 it's good news. It's liberating news. Because that means the system, there's nothing wrong with the system. If we're having any problems getting any of this done, living a life and building a church, it's because we're trying to do it on our own. And when we do that, that's nutcase stuff. And we're not going to do that. So as we bring these cards up here today, and oh my goodness, these cards, they're, they're a whole lot more than our money. I've talked to a lot of you. We've had a lot of gut-wrenching conversations with God over that. Angie and I almost had some heated discussions over this. This represents what we're going to do for the Lord for the next two years. Our time and our energy and our sacrifice in terms of getting this commitment. And, and we need revelation that that's going to be done. Not information. And, and see how that works? See, then we bring the best we can, we lay it before the Holy Spirit, and then we surrender to Him to do the rest, and it gets done. It's perfect. I don't know if you know this about my mother-in-law or not, but uh, she loves the water. There she sits, she'll tell you. She loves, she loves the ocean. She loves to go to the ocean with us. When Robert was still here, she loved it when they would take us down to Dale Hollow and, and drive us around on tubes and skis and dump me in the weeds every chance they got, that kind of thing. They loved doing that. And then when Robert passed away, they gave, they, we took the boat, and she loved it when we'd go over to the Monroe, and, and I'd drive the people around in the tubes and the skis, and they'd bob around the water. She loved swimming with us in the pool. She loves the water. She just does. But here's something else you might, know about, might not know about my mother-in-law. She can't swim. I mean, not one stroke. I, I'm telling you, with my hand in the air, if somebody told her, you have to swim from here to there or you're going to die, she would die because she couldn't do it. She can't swim one foot. And not only that, she sinks like a rock. I'm telling you, she should be in the Guinness Book of Records. I've never seen anybody sink any quicker than she has. Now, some of you have heard this story before, which again, this preacher talked that you're going to hear it again. But years ago, we were down at uh, Disney Campground in the deep end of the pool. Now, why in the world my mother-in-law was in the deep end of that pool? I have no idea. By the way, since then, they filled that in. At big expense, they don't have a deep end, and I'm sure she had something to do with it. Because we were down there, and she was hanging on to the ladder in the deep end, and for some reason she let go, and I've never seen anything like that in my life. My jaw dropped. I mean, her eyes were as big as saucers all the way to the bottom, and so were mine as she went down, and, and she tells people to this day that I just watched her sink, and I guess I did. I mean, I, it was a freak of nature. I've never seen anything like that. Right to the bottom. Now I got to her just short of too late. You know what I mean? I, I saved her life. You're welcome. But here's, here, here's my point on this thing. In lifeguard training, this is what they tell you. You never approach a drowning person as long as they're thrashing in the water. That's a no-no. That's like committing suicide. 
Because as long as a man or a woman who's drowning thinks they can do anything on their own, it's dangerous. As, as long as this drowning man or woman thinks they can save themselves, then when you get out there, they'll grab you and you both go down. So they teach this instead. The correct procedure is to say, get as close to you can, but not close enough for them to touch you. And then when they give up, when they finally give up, then you make your move. Because it's that point when the person becomes what they call pliable. They finally realized they cannot pull this off on their own. they got to have some help. See where I'm going with this, don't you? The same principle holds true in our relationship at South Union with the Holy Spirit in terms of this building campaign and the money and all this business. We can't do it. And, and until we realize that, we might even be working against Him. So we're praying for revelation today. That it's not by our power or by our strength, but by my Spirit says the Lord. So we're going to come in prayer this morning as a family as we do so often and we're praying for the next big thing but we're going to come pliable realizing we can't do any of this on our own. I mean we have to. Listen to me, there's no way we can come up with 5.25 million dollars. I mean I love you all to pieces but I'm looking around this room and and we don't have 5 million dollars. Trust me, I know your hearts, if we had it we'd give it, I'd give it but we don't. But God does. And so we come today and we're going to give like nobody's business. Not just our money, but the song we just sang, our trust and our hope, our commitment. We're bringing that before the Lord this morning and we're going to say, we know that's not near enough, but we've worked this out. We're not holding anything back. We've prayed. This is what we're going to give. And we're going to bring it to you like that little boy with the five loaves and the two fish. We're going to bring it and lay at your feet, knowing, admitting it's not near enough, but we know you can make it enough. And we're going to ask for revelation. Because again, if this is just an information deal, how, many, how much money we get, how much money we're going to get. Now, if this is just about information, then this is just a rededication service. And that's not what's going on here today. You know, you have a rededication service, you get all pumped up and fired up, and you, you have this campaign, and you get people all pumped up, and, and, and then at the end they make these great commitments. You know how you do that? That's happened to all of us. You hear this music and it just gets you really going, maybe at camp or something like that. You get all fired up. Or you bump into some good preaching, which I know never happens here. Ha, ha, ha. But, you know, you maybe get some good music or some good preaching, and all of a sudden you're so fired up, you say, Lord, I'm just ready to give. That is not what we're doing here today. Not even close. In fact, we're doing just the opposite today. This is not a rededication service. At a rededication service, you just rededicate something you're capable of doing to begin with. I'm going to give you more. I'm going to serve you more. This, my friends, is a surrender service. We come today to tell the Father God in heaven, we want to be the church He wants us to be. We we want to be a house of prayer. We're going to continue to learn to do that. We want to be a hospital for sinners and not a hotel for saints, because we don't have any saints. We want to be a, a place where everybody's welcome and nobody feels judged. We want to be a place who makes disciples, who makes disciples. We want to be a church that can build on this miraculous 83 acres He gave us. We want to do all those things, but we come broken this morning before our God in heaven, telling Him we admit we cannot get this done. But we surrender to You, because we know You can So fill us up this morning and then fund this church. That's what we've come to do. That's what this commitment deal is about. Now, in a minute, we're going to give everybody a chance to bring their commitment cards up here. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, 
I want to recap real quickly uh, about being a good giver. Very quickly, because we've talked about this. We want to be good givers. Good givers do not give out of guilt. Remember? Please hear me this. I love you to pieces. If, if you're holding money in your hand this morning or commitment card and you're going to bring it up here because you feel guilty, if you don't, please put it back in your pocket. We don't want it. We talked about it. That's, that's not biblical. The Bible said God wants, he loves a cheerful giver. So as you hold your commitment card this morning, if you can't bring it up here with at least a smile on your face, probably better laughing out loud because that's the word, cheerful, hilarious. Then maybe you need to rethink it. Maybe. I don't know. We're not going to just be responsible givers. Responsible giving is good, but we tend to get legalistic with that and we think, well, I've done enough. I've done the responsible thing. We're not going to be empathy givers because sometimes we don't have enough empathy. We're not even going to be givers of appreciation. You know, just giving because we appreciate everything God's done for us because sometimes we take for granted what God's done for us and so we don't give appropriate light. What we've decided is we're going to be spirit-driven givers. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to give? And then that's what we're going to do because we trust Him like we've been singing about it. This, this, this is the biggest Sunday we've had in my 30 and almost 31 years. I'm, I'm pretty quite sure we've never needed the Holy Spirit any more than we need Him right now. And so we're going to pray for that. Now, I'm, we're going to give you about 10 minutes. They're going to sing, and I, I'd like you to bring your family up here with your card and pray at the altar, or you can pray in the back. If you want to do it at your seat, that's fine. Okay, some of you aren't comfortable doing that, but this, this was a powerful week and a powerful Sunday, and I'd love for you to come up as a family and pray over and making sure. Now, listen. The Bible says you do not have to make a vow to the Lord. But if you make one, you better keep it. So if you're going to make a commitment, make sure it's the right one. That's why we're giving you 10 minutes. It could be you just got carried away. And you've put too much on that card. I got some pins up here. Change it. It's between you and God. I, I'll never know. There's only two people that's going to know what's going on. So if you need to back down what you committed, back it down. On the other hand... <laughs> If you've been thinking through this thing and you're thinking, well, I'm giving and that's a pretty nice gift, but I'm not sacrificing anything. I'm not even giving up a Starbucks. <laughs> then maybe the Lord's telling you you need to give a little more. I don't know. Again, that's between you and Him. You come up and be a good giver. Change it if you need to. If you don't need to change it, good for you. Come on up and pray over it. When I think everybody's done that, then our whole family's going to come up and we're going to put the Hoosier harvest on this. We're going to pray over this and ask the Holy Spirit to multiply the gifts, and then we're going to step back and watch him knock our socks off as a family. Take your time. you got about 10 minutes.